Let's just read the first four verses, for they're very important uh, to the basis of what we've been on and what we will continue on this morning. Romans 6, verse 1, Paul says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? In other words, Paul's telling us we cannot expect to say we're saved and to walk in an open course of sin. Habitually, purposefully, walking in sin and saying you're saved, simple thing is you're not saved. There's no Christ when there's no change. And notice this in verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Let's pray again. Father, take your word, we pray, and help us all to receive your word with gladness that we may walk in newness of life, Lord, greater than that which we even believe or know or expect to be able to do. And Father, we thank you for your spirit. Lord, we thank you you live in us. Father, we thank you you're here with us. And we just praise you and we worship you this morning. And we thank you for your word, of, for your word the word of God, which is able to save the soul. And Lord, Father, we thank you for the word that's able to instruct us and to keep us and to change us. So we pray this morning in the mighty and wonderful name of the Lord Jesus that you, Lord, would do something with all of our lives this morning. Lord, point out in all of our lives where we need to change and what we need to do, the things we need to lay down. And, oh God, the things we need to have faith to walk in. And, Lord, help us, Lord, to draw closer to you. Lord, it may be for the glory of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, for his name's sake. Amen. As Paul says in verse 4, that we should walk in newness of life. Newness of life. The question that I poised, or that was poised to all of us, but to you last week, was since you've been saved, has there been a change? Since you've been born again, has there been a change? A change in your life, a change in your habits, a change in your lifestyle. Listen, a change in your mood. In the sense, not that we don't all have moods, because we do. In the sense that change that we are not habitually and continually walking in defeatism. That we're not habitually and continually walking in a sense of bitterness or anger and, uh, and strife. Is there a change in that? Because we all have our stresses of life and we all have our moods and we all have our ups and our downs and our highs and our lows. And that's not the question, are you perfect? Positionally in Christ you are when you're in him and washed, but are you changed in your lifestyle? And we looked at it how Paul says we are to walk in the newness of life. And brothers and sisters, I for one, uh, as the minister and pastor of this church, I believe in walking right to the best of my ability. I may feel, but I believe in, in not even having given an appearance of evil to people so much as lies within me to live peaceably with all men. And I believe that it is important for us as believers to be separate and sanctified by the Spirit from this world system, from the things of this world. And if we are not, if we are like the world and the world does not see the difference, and even in the darkness of the world that is getting darker at this moment, 
you can shine even brighter because you're sanctified by the Spirit. In other words, when the word, and I think we should be all, mostly I'm sure, are all agree that this word is falling, spinning as it were in orbit into the very judgment of God. And it's getting darker. Every part of society is getting darker. Even the church is getting darker. Well, what about in CET and whoever else sees us, hears us? What about saying, Lord, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will walk in righteousness and we will walk in faithfulness. And no matter how dark the world gets, the Lord uh, told me off the other day in the car. In fact, I was coming here on Friday evening to do the rehearsal for the wedding we had yesterday. We had a great day yesterday, uh, Joel and Emma's wedding, and the Lord bless them. And some of the families are are maybe up late last night and with kids and are trying to get them ready to get out. They can't get out this morning, but obviously Joel and Emma uh, will be on their honeymoon from tomorrow. But on Friday, I was coming to do a rehearsal. And I knew all that was going on, just especially in Belfast this last week, and everybody and their dog was wearing rainbows. And every um, shop and every avenue and uh, and really, the rainbow was a flag of, of, of uh, as part of a symbol of the Bible. It is a covenant that God had made with Noah not to flood the earth, and it's been taken and used for something completely different. In fact, it's glorifying sin that was used for when God wiped out sin. It's used in its oppositeness, and people are being attacked left, right, and center if we take a stand. Anything scriptural, biblical against that. And the problem was I was with other people during the week and Christians trying to help them in struggles, lifestyles and so on. And even on Friday, I'm driving here in the car and something had come up and I was trying to deal with it. And all of this darkness in this world was all around and all the, uh, the, the anger and the aggression and the oppression now that's on the church, that is the bloodwashed church. And those who'll take a stand for Christ. And all of that that came around me and upon me. And, and it's not just about uh, the things that's going on this week, but all around. Even those who, who claim to be Protestant in a bracket, they know nothing of Christ. Nothing of him. They're not saved. They know nothing of him. Many of them don't have a clue. I'm not saying all of them, but many of them don't have a clue. And I, I see the, the young people on, on their care is for more of the world and it's even darker than what it was. I was even talking to Daniel just last Sunday about certain things that he had happened to come across and the violence of it was unbelievable even for a man who I'm nearly old enough, well, I am old enough to be his dad. <laughs> and he thought it was the, the young people and how they were acting in a certain place. It was vulgar, vile, it was debauched, it was terrible. And he was shocked. How much more shocked would I be in that sense, Daniel? I'm not saying that, that I'm holier than you because I'm not. And I come on Friday and all of this is around my mind and seeing a lot of other things during the week. As I'm driving along, I started feeling the heaviness of the pressure of it, the attack that I came under during the week from people. And I said, Lord, is this really is this really the way you would have your church to be? And is this really the way you would have people to introduce these sins into the church? 
And is this really what you want, Lord? Because I can't see it. And the burden and the heaviness that's in me, it was discouraging me. Now, I'm not easily discouraged, brothers and sisters. I can tell you that. I, when someone comes against me, I try and help, or something, I'm talking about spiritually, I try and help, I try and bless, I try and encourage. But after a while, I'll say, you know what? I just run over the top of them because I have a greater thing to do in God's kingdom. And so have you. Just press on in God. And so I'm driving along and I started feeling sorry for my wee self. Uh, as if I'm Elijah. After slaying 450 prophets of Baal, the false heathen idol God, after him building that altar and putting on a sacrifice and fire coming down from heaven, consuming even the water, the 12 barrels of water that drenched it all, licked up the water, burnt up stone and all, and boo-hoo, there's Elijah, the crybaby. But Jezebel's going to kill me. Come on, brothers and sisters. And that's the church today. So I'm like that. And I'm never really like that. And I'm driving here to do a rehearsal. And it's a joyous occasion. It's nothing to do with the people here, by the way, that we're rehearsing. And I'm driving along the road toward Guilford. And I'm boo-hooing to the face of the Lord. And he's just said to me, it was like, God, Stop murmuring. Just like that. Stop murmuring. Quit your complaining. That's what he said to me. It was like that. I went. <laughs> my heart and my, and my spirit. Stop it. You're just like an old Israelite. There's no change when you get on like that. Oh, stop your murmuring. And I sort of felt myself sinking down in the car with the conviction in my spirit. And I said, Lord, I apologize. Surely greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Surely that there's no weapon formed against me should prosper. Surely, O oh God, you tell me this all the time. Surely in your faithfulness, you tell me, though I am with you always, even to the end of this age. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And Lord, here I am, and I am, I'm murmuring. This one and that, no, Lord. And I feel so bad, and I'm down, Lord. This pressure, through the darkness of this world. And here's what he, here's what he showed me. And I wish I could express, and I pray the Spirit would express it to you. Take a look at the prophets. You want me? You ask for more? You're looking for my spirit? Look at the prophets. I started thinking, oh dear. They were even slain. They were cast into pits. Daniel was in a land of den of lions. Jeremiah down the hole. Isaiah said to be sawn in half. Sawn in half. And I'm thinking, this driving here, Friday night, going to do a wedding rehearsal. Sorry, Lord, I'm sorry. Now look at the apostles. The apostles of the Lamb, look at them. Slain. Imprisoned. Run through with a sword. 
And then it went from there. Now look at the early church. Burned at the stake. Put around the walls of Rome. Used as human torches, covered in oil. And they burned while the Romans went about their evening. Thrown to the lions. Sewed up in the belly of an animal were the children. That when the lions came in to eat it, the children and the, or even the adults also inside would scream and cry with the teeth and claw of the lion tearing apart the animal. They would go into a frenzy to get inside. All they needed to do was to denounce Christ. To denounce him and then they could maybe go free to take the sands of Caesar and to cast it on into the, the altar of burning and say, Heal Caesar and deny Christ. But you know what happened? They were walking in newness of life. The Lord showed me this. So I'm driving here to do a wedding rehearsal, a wedding rehearsal on Friday night. And I'm just coming up around over the hills. You come down, down the road here. And he says, now, look at the reformers. Latimer and Ridley was hard. Look at them. Think of what John Knox, what he went through as a preacher in Scotland. Do you think it was easy? Do you think it was easy? This is what the conversation I'm having with God on Friday night is I'm praying and talking to him in the car. Who talks to God? That's prayer. Now who hears God when they when they talking back? Daniel talks to God too. Yes, Daniel here too. Bless you, son. And who? with impression of spirit and through the word and bringing things to remembrance, who hears God's voice saying, this is the way walk ye in it? Come on. It's a conviction of the spirit according to the word of God. You see, I, when I'm walking in newness of life, and at this point, pardon me, at this point I'm coming down round by the roundabout to go, to come here to park outside, and I'm saying, Lord, I am sorry. It was like, what have you got to moan about? he said to me sorry Lord forgive me and I get on with the job and I get on with it and you see when I got saved and you know my, my story I don't need to go through it all and from where God brought me from now listen brothers and sisters I said in his grace, in his power, for his glory. In my human frame, I'm probably the weakest among you. But for his glory, I'll tell you this. From I got saved, I have never been the same. I have never been the same. From I've got saved, I have failed, I have fallen, I've fell. I've let him down many, many times, unwittingly, even doing it, and even sometimes just in pure rebellion. Come on, let's be honest. Even in pure rebellion. 
but in his mercy and grace and faithfulness with his love, he always brings us back into the way, doesn't he? Always calls us back to his side again. Doesn't he deserve glory this morning? You see, this Christ that I serve, you see, this Lord Jesus Christ who saved me, who saved you, changes lives, changes people. I have come across many people and look, I was saved in an appeal. I have nothing against an appeal. So please don't get me wrong. Sometimes, if I feel that, I'll do it. Or if I think I'll do it anyway, I'll do it. I usually don't, but I have nothing against them. But sometimes it's an appeal or I walk up to the front. There's some people and they get saved every week. One minute they're saved and the next minute they're lost. And then they're saved and then they're lost. In other words, they haven't got saved to begin with. We're never saved. See, the Christ who saves you seals you. I don't want to talk about that because I'm going to talk about that in another week or two. And the Christ who saves you changes you. And if you haven't changed, if you're not different in your thought life, of how you conduct your life and how your life is and your thinking according to who he is within you and how you should walk in power and authority of the word, then there's something wrong. The church should not be a soft-soaped, soft-spined, weak on watery church. I want to tell you the church should be a glorious church. A powerful church. Unashamed and unafraid to stand up. Stand up for Jesus. And we don't sing it anymore because it's not politically correct, ye soldiers of the cross. Oh, you see, no, we're not soldiers anymore. Because that would entail that we must come against to protest. Let me tell you something. I am a protestant in the truest of sense. I protest against anything that's not in the word of God. And that's even in protestant churches. (laughs) I protest... I protest against things that say that Jesus is not the Almighty, the Son of God and the Son of Man. I protest when people say that there's no power in the blood of the Lamb. I protest when so-called Christians say that there's no Holy Ghost power and moving in the church. I protest, brother. But I also protest when I see people abusing the gifts of the Spirit. I protest at uh, charismatic uh, Christians who say that they are Christians and they live like devils all week and then they roll around the floor and they kick and cry like babies until they're covered with a blanket. I protest at it. And I protest at the heart of the Church of Rome. I protest at it. I protest in every way. Notice, 
the Spirit of God who is in you changes you according to the Word of God that you have in this book. And we're still all a work in progress, by the way. He's not done with you yet. He isn't finished with you yet, brother. He isn't finished with you yet, sister. You're a work in progress. And notice this. Paul says in our reading, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? I'm under grace, so I'll live how I like and habitually, continually walk in an open course of sin because it's all right. I'm under grace. Then you're not even saved. You don't even know Christ. Do you see a man who goes out and has an affair on his wife and she forgives him? And so he he can't sort of, I'll put it in brackets, help himself. And brother, by the way, you can you can Joseph fled don't put yourself into that position or allow yourself to get there where that could be a temptation both ways by the way notice this we might say see a man who has had an affair on his wife we can do it the other way but let's do the man and then his wife forgives him, so he goes out and does it again. So she decides because she loves him, she forgives him, and then he does it again. And because she loves him, he goes out and he does it again. Listen, can you honestly say that man loves his wife? No. You know why? Because if he loved her, he wouldn't be there with those other women. And in the same sense, brothers and sisters, listen, in the same sense, if you love Christ... I can do all those things. I could go out and have a drink. I could go out and buy, I don't know, I never really smoked much anyway, like, but 20 regal or whatever they are. <laughs> I could go out and get a big cigar and sit and smoke it. I could go and do that. Can you imagine me a cigar? Big Cuban. <laughs> I could go and do that. I talked to someone just a couple of days ago and I said to them, tell me something. I want to be careful what I say. I said, tell me something. How you have lived, do you think it's all right as a Christian? But I'm saved. I said, okay. Are you? Are you? I understand people walk away. I understand people fall away and they come back again and I understand they're God's people and they've fallen away. I understand all of that. They've been discouraged, they're hurt and they've fallen away, but they're never, ever, ever happy in the word. Never. Never. So I understand that bit, but this is something that was recent and, and I said, so let me put it and flip the coin on you. This is what I say. I said, can you imagine... Say, taking me on Saturday night, I says, now, I'll be at a wedding all day Saturday, but could you imagine a Saturday night, and I'm there bringing the word of God at the wedding and telling people they need to be saved, and then I go home, and since everybody else has had a few wee tipples, what about the pastor going home and opening up in a cabinet that he has a big bottle at home and pouring out a few glasses? Getting a bit on the tipsy side. 
or maybe more. Then coming in to preach to you on a Sunday morning. Now I'm asking you, church, would you like that? Would you put up with that? No, you would not indeed. So why should Christ be you? Why should Christ with you? You know why I don't drink? Because I, do, I can't. Oh, I could drink. I could drink like a fish. And that's not a glory thing. That's a horrible thing. Do you know why I don't drink and do all those other sins? And do, I, I had someone stay with us or pick them up not so long ago and they were with me for a couple of days and they didn't understand why I... And they were... They, they claimed salvation. They didn't understand why I didn't drink and they didn't know why I didn't maybe uh, go out for a night into the nightclubs and they didn't understand why I didn't smoke and why I don't use bad language. In fact, I was accused of using bad language one day. I said, I've never used a foul language in 22 years. From I got saved. I can understand this. understand it and they sat with me and they says well tell me something there was two of them they says tell me something how is this I said because when I got saved I don't need someone to tell me what's right and what's wrong and how to walk in the newness of life you know why because the Holy Ghost came in when the devil went out that's how Because the Holy Ghost come in. Here, brothers and sisters, here's something for you to think about. Do you love Jesus? The Lord Jesus? Do you love him? Do you love him? Yes. Daniel, I'm so glad to hear that. So. And I mean that. Because you see, look, I'm a Pentecostal. I'm unashamed of that. I believe in all the gifts of the Spirit. I'm unashamed of that. But listen. People start to worship, as it were, the Holy Spirit. No. The Holy Spirit will always point you to the Son of God. Always. And everything in the Word, in the worship, in prayer, the Holy Spirit will point you to the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm not holy, and I say this with reverence because He is God. He, he is the Almighty. I'm not, I'm not saying that in on a reverence. I'm saying this with reverence. I'm not enamored, as it were, with the Holy Spirit because that's the promise given to us. I'm enamored with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm a Jesus lover. And many people don't like Jesus lovers. But that's up to you and I to say, well, I'm walking in newness of life and that is a product and the proof of the Holy Ghost who's in you. Walking in newness of life. Notice what Paul says. I'm going to round this up and I'll do one more week next week. Lord God willing. Because I went off my notes and I have too much to start again at this time of the day. Notice what Paul says here. God forbid... How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? In other words, when you got saved, you've died to that old man. You've died to that old woman. You're dead to that lifestyle. Listen, you're dead to all the, the slander and the gossip and the anger. You're dead to see everything that the old man is. 
and everything that the old woman is, everything that the old man and woman was, this shouldn't be. <laughs> They're dead. Here's something also to think about, although we all get offended. Really? If we're truly dead in our own nature, then we should never be offended. <laughs> Boy, that's a hard one, isn't it? I find that hard. But when we get offended, we should put him down, knock him out, put him on the cross, nail him down, crucify the flesh again. Listen, I can tell you, no matter who I talked about that I protest against, I can tell you I don't hate one person in my heart. Now I'm telling you that, and I mean that. I don't hate one person in my heart. And hate in the heart is a product of the deathly fall of Adam. And once we hate, now we can hate things that God hates, like sin and so on. But hating people, a person, we're starting to act like the old man and the old woman. Paul says here that we shall not continue in sin. Notice, know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. So if he's dead, when he died, we died. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Notice, will you say the glory of the Father? The Will you say it a bit louder? The glory. So Jesus was raised by the glory of the Father. That is, by his Spirit. Here's a conundrum for you. You can go and do a bit of study on it. So one place we're told the Father will raise Jesus from the dead. Another place we're told the Spirit raises Jesus from the dead. And Jesus says that he would die. And I will raise myself. <laughs> Leave it with you. Anyway, listen. It says here that he was raised by the glory of the Father, and the glory of the Father being the Spirit of the Father or the Holy Spirit. Listen, if, or since, pardon me, since the glory of the Father raised Jesus from the dead, he's saying that the glory of the Father is in who? You. <laughs> He's in you. Why is the church so afraid? Why is the church uh, so accommodating to sin? Why is the church afraid to stand up and speak its mind? Because, you see, the government and everything and the, the socialist um, Marxism, that's uh, the, the liberal left have got us to a place where now right is wrong and wrong is right. Good is evil and evil is good. And, and the problem is, you see, now you and I, you and I are the ones who are up for debate. But here's the thing. Here's the wonderful encouragement of it. Here's the encouragement of it, brother, sister. You ready? Since we're up for debate... Since that it's you that who takes your stand and you who preach love and truth, uh, since it's you, brother and sister, and it's you that maybe has even been attacked by the ungodly, praise God because it means you're different. It means that they see a difference in you. They know a difference in you and they hear a difference from you. Praise God for that. 
You know what that means? That the glory of the Father is in you who are walking in newness of life. Now, next week I want to look in the Lord's will that newness of life, we're going to show you where and how to walk in newness of life. I also want to show you in the Lord's will uh, that as we're walking in newness of life, it's more than just being a Christian and getting all my things. No, 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 no. There's authority in the Word of God. Walking as a son, walking as a daughter, walking and claiming authority wherever the soles of your feet shall tread, the Lord will give it on to you. We are not to be defeated. Do you know when Christ returns for his bride, he's looking for a spotless and a glorious bride? That's you and I. A glorious church. So I finish with this. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death, like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So have you been changed from you have been saved? Do you see the Christian that says, oh, I fit in with this world? Then you're not, you're not changed. If there's no Christ, there'd be no change. If there's no change, then there's no Christ. And if there's no change and no Christ, there's no new birth, and you're not saved. Look, all those people we mentioned, the prophets and the apostles and the early church, and the, the, the reformers and so on, you know, there's people today in different parts of the world, and they're having a knife put to their throat, and their head just cut like a piece of meat, till their head leaves their very neck. And all they need to do is say, oh, I denounce Christ. I accept Muhammad. Where are we? Do you know what the church, I know CT's not like this now. Do you know what the church is like? If I was to say something, they might not speak to me anymore. Come on. Come on, church. Verse 5, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For if he that is dead is freed from sin... Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but he liveth. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord boy that that says a lot now that verse is talking about water baptism likened on the Christ's death when he went to the tomb maybe you're not baptized in water I'm not talking about sprinkled now 
I'm talking about full submersion by water. And maybe you've never been baptized, then we need to get you baptized. To follow on after the commandment of the Lord. We don't believe baptism saves you, but we do believe that it is an, obedi an obedience to go on to serve the Lord and to walk in newness of life with Christ. Then that's part of it. That's part of it. So we'll talk to you about that soon. Or I'm waiting until all the others get home because I know there's a few have been saved in recent months and we want to make sure we get them plunged under the water and get them baptized to the glory of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord this morning. He's been good to us. He is always good to us. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for your attendance.